Cain stood there looking over the work of his hand. His brother Abel was dead at his feet, murdered by Cain. Cain had hated him. Cain had been the first son to ever been born. He had been the first human to experience the journey from infancy to manhood. He was the eldest, the firstborn. However, the Lord favored Abel, the secondborn son, the younger brother. The anger within Cain burned at his perception of being second best. It got so bad that God himself warned Cain that sin was crouching at his door and that he needed to rule over it. But Cain ignored God's warning and he murdered his brother, his hands running red with Abel's blood. Why did Cain murder his brother? What sin was God warning about? Was it hate? Was it murder? Not really. Cain's hate and willingness to commit murder were the effect of something else, a more insidious sin. It seems innocent enough at first, but given time, given fuel, its fire grow large and ultimately it perverts those who carry it into evil just like it perverted Cain. It's called the green-eyed monster. It's the spirit of jealousy. Welcome to the Paradigm Switch, where we discuss issues that young believers in Christ face, and using our testimonies, failures, and struggles, along with scriptures from the Bible, we hope to give encouragement and solutions for these problems. I'm Alex. I'm Avon. Our world is changing, and each day it seems things are getting darker, but God's will for his children is to live as champions, not as those who are defeated. The Bible teaches, as someone thinks within himself, so is he. So being equipped with a proper mindset is critical. Therefore, we have to switch our thinking from our way to God's way. And on that note, join us in our discussion. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Paradigm Switch, where we encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their mind and learn how to think right side up. We want to encourage everyone to subscribe to us either on any of the listening platforms that we are on. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, and we're also on YouTube. And don't forget to follow us on social media, such as Facebook and Instagram, so you can get the latest updates and know what's going on with us. And then from there, you can tell us how we're doing. Now, I'm your host, Avon, and I'm here with my co-host, Alex. And we are here for another episode. So for the month of November is usually known as the month of Thanksgiving yeah. and being grateful. But we're talking about jealousy. Now, what's the mindset behind that? Yeah, so jealousy is one of these problems that crops up in young believers lives has certainly cropped up in both of ours i think at previous points and it's kind of like the antithesis of thanksgiving right because mm -hmm. with jealousy you're focusing on things you don't have you have coveting that comes into play which is desiring something you don't have uh and thanksgiving is being thankful for what you do have so jealousy is kind of like self-centered selfish thanksgiving is more humble more selfless and as paul states thanksgiving is the, the spirit that we need to be exhibiting as believers, not a spirit of jealousy. And so I thought that it would be good to talk about this problem that crops up because as we just witnessed, Cain uh, murdered his brother over this. So this mm -hmm. is a very serious problem or can become a very serious problem. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't address the fact that they are possibly jealous of a sibling, of a friend, of a coworker, or even like a fellow church member because I think, you know, the no one wants to admit that they're jealous and that they have a problem, like they feel a certain way that they don't have something or they're not at a place where they would rather be. And so since this is the month of Thanksgiving, I think it's important to tackle the spirit of jealousy or as you titled it, the green eyed monster. And in order to get that out the way so you can truly be thankful for what you have in life and where you are in life. And so the goal of the episode today is to address what is jealousy? How is it seen? and how to overcome it, overcome it. And like I said, I think a lot of people experience jealousy, but it's a secret, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it, it's kind of, for a believer, it's a shameful experience mm -hmm. because you're intellectually like, I know I shouldn't feel this way, but I do. I know that God doesn't want me to feel this way, but I do. Mm -hmm. And I can't talk about this because it's embarrassing and, it, and it's Why shameful. would it be embarrassing? Because you're not supposed to feel this way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think I would be embarrassed about it. I think I would be more ashamed. Ashamed. Yeah. Yeah. Ashamed. Well, it's embarrassing to talk about because it means I'm not the Christian that I want to be, right? You're mm -hmm. admitting that I, I have this, mis this problem and people don't like admitting their problems. That's pride, by the way, which we'll have to have another episode on. Yeah. But, uh, but jealousy certainly, I mean, this is an issue and it can cause discontentment and it can cause anger and bitterness and resentment and sometimes turn to really bad sins like murder. 
So. I think, especially in today's world of social media, oh, um, yeah, I know yeah, you're yeah, not yeah, on yeah. social media, so. No, no, I, I'm not. I'm one of these few people who's not on social media, but uh, you're I, right. Yeah, I know you're not on social media, but because of social media that's out there, like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, it's easy to see what your friend is doing. Like, one of the things I think about sometimes is that I see my friends going out to vacations, and they're yeah. going out to these random islands I've never even heard of, <laughs> and they're just living it up while I'm just at home on a Friday night watching Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's easy to compare and be like, why is it my life as good as theirs? Or why is it my life like theirs? You know, yeah, so and, and it's frustrating. It's it is frustrating, frustrating because, especially if they're unbelievers, right? Mm -hmm. Because here they are engaging in the flesh and living what the way they want, and it seems like everything is going well for them. And here, here we are as believers, doing what we're supposed to, working hard, not uh, doing as well as they are, and it, it, they are like, why? Why? Yeah. Why is it that the people who are bad are doing better than the people who are good? Yeah, we'll we'll touch upon that. But let's throw we already let's throw it out there what our definition is because you know we like to throw out definitions. Um, jealousy. Um, right. So according to Webster's dictionary, and so this is interesting because there's so many components to jealousy, right? Mm -hmm. So I actually think we need to talk about three things. That's jealousy, envy, which are kind of similar, and then there's covetousness, which plays into jealousy. Okay. Uh, so, so we'll talk about jealousy first. This is according to the Webster's dictionary, a feeling of unhappiness and anger caused by a belief. That a loved one might be unfaithful or caused by wanting what someone else has. And that is basically the same as envy, which is a painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another, joined with a desire to possess that same advantage. And there's often a feeling of malice accompanying that. Uh, and then the idea of wanting something that you do not have but somebody else has, mm -hmm. that is covetousness, coveting. That is a against, uh, I mean, it's a big sin, it's cited in the Ten Commandments as something we should not be doing. Okay. So, so all of this together, wanting what you don't have, it can lead to, to feelings of jealousy. And it's like, why don't I have this? I want this. And then that can be with envy, especially if you start thinking, well, maybe I can take it. Okay. Um, I like all your definitions. There's one part in my findings for the definition that I liked, and one of the definitions said for jealousy, a believe, want to believe to enjoy an advantage. It's a person that believes that someone else has an advantage that I don't have. And mm -hmm. so I believe it's more about insecurities. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a, definitely It's, a, it's a an insecurity of, it. sure. of, I don't have that, so there must be something wrong with me that I feel as though I'm at a disadvantage or that I'm lacking that makes me feel bad. Yeah, so you, like you're not good enough or something. Exactly. So here, let's jump into the kind of first point. So uh, why, why is this happening? Why, why do people experience jealousy? Well, I've already talked about that. We live in this world of social media, and social media is an easy place for comparison. You know, we see people having fun, and then, you know, you're just sitting there doing nothing, or even not even so much having fun. Let's say you're a person that, you know, you're desiring to have that family, and like, you know, you want to get married, but you're seeing that your friend is out there, just got married. You're seeing yeah. her, his or her wedding photos or, you know, you want kids and you see your friends, you know, popping out babies like crazy. And, and you're then, getting rejected. Yeah. Okay. And you can't even get, get a date. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. that causes you, I think that there, that's a cause of comparison when you are comparing your life to their life. And then yeah. I put down, it's a result of frustration Especially when you've been, as Christians, when you've been waiting and praying for something for a long time and you don't see it coming to pass. And I've yeah. mentioned this before, you know, you remember when I was praying and seeking a new job. I do remember. I was really unhappy at my last job. So I was praying and seeking for a new job and just forgot to open up a new opportunity for me. And so this went on for years, by the way. Yeah, so the it audience was understands this. It was, this was years. It was years. I, I'm not gonna get into why I didn't like the job, but it was a. I just didn't care for the job. But I was very. I I would get jealous when I would get text messages from my friends who would say, after looking for like two weeks, one of them after looking for two weeks for a new job got a new job right away, and then this person is a non-believer you know, yeah. non-Christian. And then here I am, I'm like, here I am serving God Almighty and I'm frustrated. Yeah. And so it, I think out of frustration, it's easy to become jealous of another person. And then in the jealousy, you become mad at that person and they did nothing to you. 
Yeah, no, that that can definitely happen. See, the the jealousy leads to the resentment, which leads to the anger, and that can possibly lead to other things. But it, it's interesting because I've experienced this too. Mm -hmm. So you know that I went to grad school after graduating undergrad, and there were some people who I graduated with who, who went on to, you know, get jobs immediately after school. They were making six figures within two years. Uh -huh. And here I was getting zero dollars and zero cents and mm -hmm. working hours and hours in the lab every day. And they were going out with girls every, you know, so often. And I couldn't get a date to save my life. And, uh... Yeah, it was frustrating. Yeah. It's frustrating. And so we all, as believers, experience this, I, I think anyway, this feeling of jealousy and frustration. It's like, why is life not going the way that I would like it to? Why is it that these people uh, are doing better than me? And why is it that God will not allow me that too? That's interesting that you said, why is it my life the way I want it to? So that denotes to say that in life, you might want it to go one way, but it's just not going to happen. Right. God, that, God has a better, maybe God has a better plan. Exactly. And I think that might be a hard thing to accept is to change what I wanted out of my life. I mean, here I am close to 30. Um, I'm there with you. <laughs> here I am close. Well, you know, I am your elder, so. Only by a couple months. Um, here, here I am close to 30. If you would ask me at 15, 16, here I am. I would have said, oh, yeah, by the time I'm 30, I'm definitely going to have the house, three kids, wife and, wife and three kids. <laughs> <laughs> what were we thinking? And so oh, life is not going to turn out the way that we want it to, but there is no reason to be jealous of other people because there are things in my life that are actually going really well that other people might be envious of that I have. Such as your perfect MMA record. Yeah, I got my perfect MMA record. Um, I currently, at this moment, I have no debt. So, you know... Yeah, that, that puts that's you ahead of a lot of people. I, I know people who I went to school with who are $120,000 in debt. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they're going to be getting out of that for decades. Yeah. And so that's a big deal. So yeah, there's uh, so there's a lot of things I can be grateful for. So, But yeah, I think a, a huge thing that causes jealousy is out of comparison. And then it comes out of just pure frustration of I've been waiting for a long time, but I'm seeing other people go ahead of me, which goes based off my definition that said one believed to enjoy an advantage. So I feel like people are getting an advantage over me. Yeah. Uh, so certainly that is the, the comparison is one way we get to experience jealousy. Uh, but we also need to remember that we have to battle against the flesh. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we talked in previous episodes about fruits of the spirit, which is what God wants, and then the fruits of the flesh, which are bad. And this envy is, a, it's you know, one of these things, so jealousy. And I think that this can arise when one allows the flesh, our own sinful nature, to sidetrack us from our walk with the Lord. So it comes like almost through self-centeredness, right? You get so focused on me instead of on, on God. And so then you start uh, experiencing the things that you've just described. Um, and so I think what we have to remember is we as believers do not have our citizenship here on earth, right? But ra it's rather in heaven, as Paul writes in Philippians 3.20. And so we're merely passing, uh, merely travelers passing through this world and everything we are given is only by the grace of God. So uh, another thing, you know, we, we become self-absorbed and we think I should have this and I should want this and I should have this. And, and maybe, I mean, honestly, what do we really deserve here? <laughs> I mean, you talked uh, in an earlier episode about the, the laws of God and, and following his laws. And so every time we have a sin, we commit a crime. Mm -hmm. So we ought to be going to like, if we did that in a real world, we'd go to jail. Mm -hmm. So we're out here living our life, committing crimes against God, and we have the audacity to say, why won't you give me more? Yeah, that is a good point. Well, I did like the point where you brought up about jealousy coming out of focusing on yourself too much. Yeah. And I think that's a good point to bring up that I think if you focus on yourself and what, you know, how do I say it? You know, if you look at a picture too long or look at something too long, you start to notice the imperfections, the imperfections or what's wrong with it. Like if you look in the mirror too long, you start to go like, why do I have this here? Or why is this dropping here? Or what's right. going on? Right, right, right. But, you know, there's a good side of looking at yourself to see if you're looking at focusing on the good. But I think we have to be careful 
you know, focusing on ourselves way too much because then you start looking at, well, I don't have this and I don't have that, especially because we have the weakness of the flesh. The flesh is always going to look at what I don't have instead of being grateful, which is a more spiritual attribute of God to look at what God has given me and being thankful for it. Yeah, so scripture tells us that uh, we should live in contentment. So this is First Timothy 6.6. 6. Mm-hmm. And being in contentment only happens, at least in my experience, when you are focused on him, the Lord, and not focused on you. Uh, scripture tells us in Psalms that the, eye of, the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. That's uh, Psalm 145, 15, 16. Mm-hmm. So God is going to give you what you need. I mean, we talked about this before in our fear series, mm-hmm. that God does you know, provide everything necessary for those who are following him. And, uh, and in the New Testament, Paul tells us this as well in Philippians 4, 19, where he says, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in Christ Jesus. That's important to note here when dealing with jealousy is, is that as believers, when we're following with Christ, we do get everything we need. So going back to the example when I was in grad school and feeling, you know, that I didn't have what all these other people had was being jealous, uh, you know, I did have a roof over my head mm-hmm. and I, I did have uh, scholarship money to pay for, for things. Mm-hmm. And so that are, those are important things to note. These are, these are things that God knew I had to have and he gave them to me. We got to make sure we focus on these things. You know, I was just thinking... God will supply all of our needs. But you know what? He's going to supply everyone's needs differently. And I was just thinking about, you know, the people in the Bible that God used mightily. You know, God used Abraham. And, you know, the Bible says that Abraham was blessed with, you know, all these riches and all this, um, you know, great wealth that Abraham was blessed. So he had a lot of comfort. God used other people in the Bible, like John the Baptist. He did. God did not provide him a huge house. and all this lavish things because that wasn't for that wasn't the the purpose for him being on earth or that wasn't a part of his calling and stuff so god supplies the needs that you need for your life in the calling that he has put on your life yes so i think that i think that was a good point to bring up um the scripture i wanted to bring up that i always look to when i'm dealing with jealousy it comes from james 4 4 um, starting at the first verse um and this still deals with the causes of jealousy what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from desires that battle within you? So it's coming from like an internal the flesh. Yeah, yeah, the internal flesh. You desire, but you do not have. So you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and you fight. And we'll get to the rest of the scripture later. So this kind of just talks about how the desire, your desires that come from within that I want power or I want that person or I want that money or I want to live that lavish life or whatever it is that you're jealous of, that's coming from something within you of wanting a desire for more. It can even be a result of the sin of greed of just wanting yes. excess, um, excess things. Well, all of that comes from the flesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the flesh you know, it is innately evil, right? Yeah. It's the fallen part of us. We always are comparing, you know, who has this, who has that, who has the bigger house, mm-hmm. better car, blah, blah, blah. And I just think this is a particular issue uh, in, in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, when, when you go down this road, it's like you want bigger, you want better. You see all these people, unbelievers, doing better than you with the worldly circumstances. And you're, so you become jealous and that leads to this from this insecurity because you know if you're feeling jealous you you clearly are not where you know you should be Mm -hmm. standing and another cause of it i've already jumped ahead of myself but i put here in my notes you know another cause of jealousy and we talk about this all the time of you've been doing what's right for a long time for a very very long time and you see unbelievers or non-serious christians being blessed with many things and you haven't Right. And I think this is very important within the church, especially because I know at my church, we do testimony services mm-hmm. and we do this thing of, you know, someone stands up and they testify something good that's happened in their life. You know, yeah. you know, I got that new job or God spontaneously paid my bills or um, just something that gives God 
glory for something amazing that's happened. And even though this should be a time of celebration of hearing this, I know for a fact there's probably someone who's praying for that same thing and they get jealous about it of why didn't that happen for me? And then we compare ourselves with that Christian of, I think I'm a better Christian than them. I do this and I do that. They don't deserve that. Oh, now, man. is that a good attitude to have amongst our brothers and sisters? Definitely not. That is a spirit of discord in, in the ranks of those mm -hmm. of us who follow Christ. And that only benefits the devil. Yeah. So, and then that's actually discord among the brethren is actually something the Bible says that God hates. This is another cause, I think, of jealousy is when you think you've been doing something right for so long and you, you, you've you been on that path of I'm, I'm seeking God, I'm praying for God. And just going back to even like my situation with the job, I remember just, just feeling at times of just I, like I was that person. I'm just going to say it. I was that person who sat in, <laughs> in testimony service and be like, are you kidding me? Like, like... Yeah. This person, you know, is, you know, I wouldn't say someone they didn't deserve it, but it's just like, why did, why did they get it? And I've been, you know, I've been trying and I, you know, I'm the pastor's kid and I, you know, I work diligently in the church and I'm faithful and I'm doing this and yet I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and yet God has not come through. And another thing for me that was really big, well, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later to, to talk about the end result of that. But how is jealousy yeah. expressed though? Yeah. So I, because jealousy, sorry to cut you off, but jealousy is one of those hidden sins, is one of those yeah. sins that not two people know that you have it, but they see the expressions of it. You yeah. know, they see they see the manifestations of it. Yeah, so I, I think this is where you are a very negative person. Okay. You, 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 you come across, you're not happy, you're maybe pessimistic about things, you're prone to anger, uh, you talk maybe curtly with people okay at least i have done this unfortunately um and, and you're just you're angry you're angry like all the time it's bad it's really bad i think um it yeah like you said you're complain, angry. complaining complaining that's yeah that's what i was gonna say you complain a lot yeah, complain you, a lot you are like i don't have this or why do you 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 say, why do, why did she have that? Or why does he have that? And I think it's right. the way on how you communicate with people. Yeah. That's in my experience of how I see jealousy expressed is how you communicate with people. I doubt before uh, Cain killed Abel, I'm always having to focus on <laughs> the brother's names. Before Cain killed Abel, I bet, I can only imagine at the dinner table, it was not a peaceful no, I, I don't think discussion so. between them. I can see, um, Abel being like, Cain, how was your day? And then Cain's like, shut up. I don't want to talk to you. Like, you know. <laughs> or, or he could be like throwing all the snide comments, you know, uh -huh. to, to tear down the other person because he doesn't feel good about himself. Exactly. And so I think it's expressed on how you communicate, not just the person you're jealous of, but just other people in general because that attitude carries on. And I put what I have seen, not just not in church, but also in like the workplace, when you're jealous of a person, you you tend to kind of like try to tarnish their reputation to bring them down a peg. Yeah. So they're not on such a high pedestal. You gossip about them. You, like I said, you can't be nice. And then other behaviors of when they might need help, um, you don't help them. And jealousy is a prerequisite. I said it right for the first time. Uh, to <laughs> hatred, to hatred, to murder, gossip, fits of rage. So jealousy is a very big deal because it is a snowball effect to the other sins that are there, just like lust. If you don't control the inner lusting that you have within your thoughts, it can be expressed in fornication, adultery. Destroying marriages. Yeah. And all kinds of bad things, uh, for sure. I, and I agree with this. Jealousy does snowball over time. Mm -hmm. and, and we see this in, in Cain's life. He goes from serving God and bringing him offerings to becoming jealous, to becoming angry, and ultimately to murder. Mm -hmm. uh, his own family. His own family member. And it wasn't just in the Bible. This wasn't just shown with Cain and Abel. It was shown in Joseph's story. Yeah. He, his brothers were jealous of him, of his positions, because they felt, what, insecure of their place yep. within the family. They felt, well, we are the older ones, especially, I forget who's the oldest son within Re the twin. Reuben. He was the Reuben. oldest one. Yeah, um you know, jealous of here's the younger one and he has higher position with father. And back in during that time, the father of the household was everything. Right. And so being in that position of under the father was like the sought out place, but naturally it was given to the firstborn. And then the fact that it was given to someone way lesser stirred up jealousy amongst the brothers. And you have to know the story of Joseph and his brothers because all his brothers, they all came from different women, but Joseph 
is the son of the woman his father truly loved. Yeah. So and uh, and and then of course that ended up with Joseph being sold into slavery. But God still worked it out. He did. But so we've been talking about jealousy, about what it is, how it comes about, but how it expresses itself how, in people's behavior. Exactly. But how do we honestly? How do you overcome jealousy? And that is the point of this whole podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. How do, how do we overcome this issue as a believer? Well, first I think you need to admit that you have jealousy. Yes. Because you know what. You always need to confront your own sin, for sure. You do need to confront it, and I had to do this for myself. So um, I remember I got a text message one day from my friend who finally bought him himself a house. And so I got jealous because I wanted that for myself. You know, I wanted, you know, I was like, I want to feel independent. I want to feel this, and I felt very insecure about it. But I just remember, I didn't even respond back to this text message till like maybe a couple days later. Like, cause I was angry. Here it is, my friend sharing something that's, you know, good news that, you know, he worked hard and he, you know, he finally has a house that he owned. And here I am just angry within myself and I'm angry at God. I'm like, how dare you have me in this low position? This person's <laughs> not even a believer. And here I am in this low, quote unquote, low position. And I've been praying for like favor. I've been praying for this. And here I am still waiting and stuff. And I remember God hit me and said, I can't give that to you. Um, you're jealous. You're insecure because you feel as though you're not complete unless you have these things. You need to learn that whether you have it or not, you're complete. Yeah. Complete so in Christ, yeah, yeah, you're complete in him. And so I had to, I had to, I had to confront that to move on. So I think the first step in overcoming jealousy is that you need to confront and say, you know what? I am jealous when I hear so-and-so is getting married or so-and-so is having a kid and that's what I want for myself. I, I agree. And it was the same for me uh, when when I heard that some, a friend of mine was getting six figures and I had zero dollars, zero cents. I, uh -huh. I had to be like, Alex, you, you gotta, you're being jealous and you can't, mm -hmm. you can't do that. You gotta confess that because if you don't, this is not going to go very well. So, and I think that's what God was trying to get Cain to do, get Cain to realize when he yeah. was saying sin is knocking at your door yeah. and Cain didn't want to acknowledge that that was there. And so instead of acknowledging that it was there, he tried to ignore it and then... And metastasized. Yeah, and so the sin, he didn't rule over the sin. The sin ruled over him. Yeah. And so for, I should have put that as our first point of how to overcome jealousy. You need to admit that you have it. Um, don't let pride get in the way. And so I guess would be the second point is to overcome jealousy, you simply, the things that you want in life, you should just simply ask God for it. Um, going back to the scripture in James 4, continuing on, it says you do not have because you do not ask God. And I think that is such a revelation to me. You know, the scriptures before were saying you fight for this and you fight for this, and it's a lot of effort that you're trying to do to obtain the things that you want. But God's system is, if you want something, just ask him for it. And isn't that the whole point of all of this, is that we as humans, we cannot save ourselves. No matter what we do, mm -hmm. it's never good enough, and we have to rely on God to get anything done in this life exactly and you know i heard a preacher say you know how god is called the father yes. in hebrew i believe it's in hebrew he's called abba, abba. which yeah. is mean not just so much as father but the source he is called the source of strength he's the source of power of everything that you need or want in life you get it from him he's the source and so this scripture is a revelation to deal with jealousy if you want that spouse or if you want kids or that new job or home or whatever it is, instead of trying to make the effort yourself to fight and get it, just ask God for it. But it's got to be with good intentions. Exactly. And that's my next point because the following of that scripture that comes behind it, because people could say, I did ask God and I still didn't get it. Yeah. But the following scriptures right after that point say, when you ask God, you do not receive because you ask wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. Now, God is not going to give you something that he knows in the long run is going to be to your destruction. Yeah, or, or you are asking for sinful reasons. Instead. Exactly. And so, like, let's use the situation my friend brought up that he now owned a home. And I was feeling jealousy of, like, God, I, you know, I want a home and stuff like that. My motives for that were wrong. I wasn't looking for a home to like be established or like to support. I don't have a currently right now a family where we need our own home. 
I was looking for a home so I can feel like a rebel or be independent and just like be on my own, you know, like yeah. I no longer want to be under, you know, my parents and yeah, yeah, yeah I want to live my own life and stuff. Right. So the motive behind that isn't pure. No, it's, it's not pure. It's out of my own insecurities and God is not going to feed into wrong motives. That's yeah, that's true. So that's one of the reasons, um, that's one of the points of overcoming jealousy is just to ask God. And then if you ask God to trust in him, that he's going to give you the right thing at the right time. Yeah. And I think that's the hard thing is waiting for him at his right time. Yes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because his sure. timing is not our timing. You know, no. they always say God is not late, but he's always on time. Yeah. But I heard a follow-up preacher say, um, but he's never early. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it makes me laugh when I hear that he's never early because surely enough, he wasted that last moment where you're like, I can't take it anymore. And then that's when God shows he up. He did. He did. And so when I was looking for a job, when I got out of school, it was exactly like that. Mm -hmm. I was getting so upset and so angry and bitter because it was like I can't find a job but all these other the other people graduating with me had already gotten it taken care of I was like I can't find a job and I was like at the the very end and I was praying every day and I was like God you say you're going to take care of me you gotta do please uh -huh. help yeah and then I got that uh, offer letter mm -hmm. and it was like amazing and then you talked about God's timing. So I, I, of course, am a virologist. Our audience knows this. I think at this point, I, I, don't, I don't think we still know what that uh, is. Oh, okay. This, so this is a person who works with viruses and, and tries to overcome infectious diseases. It's a scientist, and so I got my got my job last year, and then six months later we had COVID, mm -hmm. and I was at a point to make a significant impact at my company. Um, and just in general on the diagnostic side of things to help fight this pandemic that's god's timing for sure mm -hmm. so he he knew he knew he was having me wait for this job for this and at that time for this moment to fight this pandemic currently going on right now and looking back on this this is just uh, amazing to me so we we talked about not getting what you want when you ask for bad motives mm -hmm. but when you're righteous matthew 6 31 to 33 tells us that those who are righteous will receive what is needed from God. And along with that, you know, being righteous, meaning, you know, God's going to take care of you. Yeah. You know, the Bible says, you know, never have I seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. If you're right with God, God's always going to take care of you. But the thing is, you got to let God be the one to make those decisions for you. Right. You can't say, you know, God's, you know, my God shall supply all my needs. You don't really know what you need. We think we need the That's house. That's true. We That's think true. we need the house and we need the car and all that kind of stuff. No. God knows exactly what you need for your life that's going to suit the purpose that he has called for you. Here's an example of this, okay? So let's just say you have the house, you have the car, and then you say, I need a spouse, and you pick the wrong one. It, it is true that maybe, you know, you don't know what you need. Maybe what you need is going to be detrimental to you in the long run. And God is... What you think you need. What you think you need. And and maybe when we think, oh, God isn't answering my prayer, well, maybe it is because he's protecting us from ourselves. Yeah, he's <laughs> his answer to your prayer is, nah, you don't need that. That's not good for you. You know, you're not at the maturity level to handle such things. I remember one preacher say um, once that, you know, God has a calling, and this goes to our next point. Maybe I'll say it in this part. The next point to overcome jealousy is to understand everyone has a different purpose in life. Yeah. You know, you have a different purpose in life why God made you, and I have a different purpose in my life why God made me. And so, you know, everyone knows the famous scripture in Jeremiah 29 11, you know, you know, his plans for you, you know, what, um, I know the plans for you, says the Lord, not to harm you, but, uh, you know, to give you a good future. You know, everyone's heard that scripture, but... God will lead you, train you, and guide you through a different direction that's not the same for everybody else. So that's when it becomes really dangerous to compare your life to somebody else's because my life is not going to reflect yours and it's not going to be the same. No, it's not. And, you know, it, it could turn out... Look at Mother Teresa, mm -hmm. okay? Mother Teresa, she was, like, really poor, lived in poverty, but she probably brought far, far more people to Christ than I think I ever will, mm -hmm. like... Like, your circumstances are not to be compared like this, right? Mm -hmm. And you can have, I mean, you might think that you don't have very much to offer, but God often uses those very people to do great things. 
yeah. in, the, in the world. And like like I mentioned earlier, like the different people in the Bible that we read about all the time, David had a different purpose, you know. Um, yeah, he was a shepherd boy. He was a shepherd and boy. And he became the king. Exactly. So everyone has a different purpose in life. You know, I was thinking, uh, like I said earlier, you know, Abraham had all this wealth and God blessed him and all this stuff. And so Elisha, when Elisha came about, he had to live with kind of like strangers and kind of hop around. Here he is, his purpose in life was not to be the same as Abraham living in tents and quote unquote, the lavish life like, you know, Abraham did. And even Jesus mentioned it about um, John the Baptist. Like, did you come here to see a rich man lavished in clothing, fine clothing and stuff? No, like that wasn't the purpose of John. God sends us to earth to fulfill a purpose that he created us for. And so he's going to lead you and guide you down his purpose. And we cannot become jealous of our brothers and sisters, what they might have, because what they might have suits their purpose in life. And this goes back to the point about you're not a citizen of this world. You're a citizen of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if we're, we're talking about kingdom building and we might not see the fruits of those efforts here, mm -hmm. but we will in heaven. And so that's where we will be you know, getting the reward for the good things we do here. I think that's a good point to bring up, too, because sometimes yeah. I think people feel that way. Like when I mentioned that, you know, you do the right thing for so long. Yeah. And then you see that I have not reaped anything. You know, the scripture that says, you know, uh, be not weary in doing what is right, because in due season you'll reap if you faint not. I actually like broke down that scripture um, a long time ago. And one of the definitions they came up with for weary was frustrated. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happened. People get frustrated doing the right thing for so long. Yeah. And they're like, I'm not getting any benefit out of doing the right thing. But I want to encourage everyone to keep doing what's right and stay on the path that God has given you. Yeah. Because eventually, whether you get it on this life or not, in the next life, there is a benefit. There, there is going to be rewards. a benefit. And the Bible says God does not forget your righteous works towards, you know, towards your labor of love towards him. God is not unrighteous to forget it. So just yeah. understand you have a purpose in life and that yours is going to be different from everybody else's. So don't compare. No, don't compare. All right. So what's another point on how we can overcome jealousy? Uh, Thanksgiving. Learning to be grateful for the things we have and stop focusing on the things we do not have. Uh, and, and this is like a really big deal uh, because as I've already told you, I definitely struggled with jealousy in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. And Oh man, we're getting to the end of our 20s. That's so scary. Yeah. Well, we still have a couple of years left. But, uh, and again, particularly when I was in grad school and I already said, you know, I saw my friends getting good jobs, getting good money, and jealousy was leading to the point where why am I even doing this when I can't be as good as them? I do everything right and yet they still do better than me. So this is just a rehash of all the... Well, you know, know what? You saying that... You saying that is actually kind of, kind of arrogant. It is arrogant. To say, I'm doing everything yeah. right. It is. It is. It is. I'm it's doing pride, everything. It's, it's prideful. It's, it's, prideful. it's very arrogant to say, I'm doing everything right. And then who are you to decide what you deserve and what yeah. you, you know, who what you deserve and what that other person deserves? Right. Well, uh, that's true. Again, that's pride. Yeah. We'll have to talk about this in another episode. Because, and so I was thinking since we brought up the story of Cain and Abel, you know, Cain was bringing what yeah. he thought was an acceptable sacrifice. Mm -hmm. He thought it was acceptable, but it, in actuality, how do you say actuality? In was actuality, not, yeah, was not was not because no. Abel's sacrifice was the acceptable one. Yeah. And God even told him, if you would only do what is right, would you not be acceptable? So obviously yeah. there was a disconnect there yeah. in the thinking because Cain thought he was doing right, but he wasn't. Not to say that you're 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 prideful and everything, but I just I just I just put that connection yeah, well, there. No, it was certainly it certainly is a moment of pride, and it's it's good to remember this. Because I, I think the same way sometimes. It, I've never thought of it that way. Because I think the same way sometimes yeah. of well, I'm doing everything right, but you know what? You really don't know what happens behind closed doors. Yeah. What the people are doing. You don't. Too. And we definitely you know there's some things in our lives we don't want people to fall too closely. <laughs> What's happening behind closed doors? So, I was gonna say though that this idea, why can't I be as good as them? you know, what is good, really? I mean, it's it's a lie, right? Mm -hmm. Because the fact of the matter is, these people who I was comparing myself to were not believers. Mm -hmm. And so they, they did not have it better than I did. And while it might seem like it on the surface, underneath, they're in critical shape, critical mm -hmm. shape, like really, really bad. And so one of the things that really helped me through this time, and I want to read it here on air uh, because I think this is really powerful scripture 
Uh, it's Psalm 73, and this is probably my favorite, or not probably, it is. It is my favorite chapter in all of the Bible, and I want to, I won't read all of this, but I want to read some parts of it. So first, I want to read Psalm 73, 1 through 14. I'm going to use the, the NIV version for this, but here we go. Surely God is good to Israel and to those who are pure in heart, but as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore pride is their necklace, and they clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and they speak with malice. With arrogance they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like. Always free of care, they go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I've been afflicted, and every morning brings new punishments." Wow, that is a really good scripture because I think that sums out sums up doesn't, how the average Christian feels sometimes. Doesn't it? Like I mean, here we are trying to live right, and then yeah, we're we're trying to live right, but but here these these guys are. So they uh, their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. They uh, always free of care. Go on amassing wealth. And yeah, and it can certainly seem they're oppressing other people without care. And yeah, so it can seem certainly like I've been doing good. And what is the point of all of this? Because it's not getting me ahead. Yeah. I mean, like you said before, we can't focus too much on this world and the things happening here. And I want to balance it and say, yes, God has made available for the Christian, his believers for healing from sickness, uh, prosperity. He has, he's provided all these things. But for those who might be in this time period, just like the Psalm says, where I'm not at that place yet. Yeah. And I get how that jealousy can feel that way. But I like, I like that you said earlier that our rewards are not always given here, that yeah, we have something right. deeper to, or something for, more forward to look for. Right. So the point of this, though, is that this is a good reflection of how sometimes we get as believers when we see people doing evil around us and they're seeming to win and we're doing good and we're seeming to lose mm -hmm. and it can feel like a struggle. But here's the truth of this. In Psalm 73, when we go to verse 16 and 17 now, here's the actual truth of this. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply <laughs> until I entered the sanctuary of God and then I understood their final destiny. Ooh. So God knows the truth of those who are evil. Mm -hmm. And he's going to reveal it to us in this, in this chapter, in the next verse, in verse 18. So in verses 18 through 20, this is the truth. The truth of those who are evil. These people who living carefree, amassing all this wealth, oppressing people with their words. And we're out here doing good. And we're seeming like it's struggling. But here is the truth of the matter. Here is the truth, and the truth is, surely you place them, the wicked, on slippery ground, and you cast them down to ruin. How suddenly they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They are like a dream when one awakes. When you rise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. These evil people who seem to have it ahead in this world they and they're enjoying their pleasures of their wickedness as i said they're in critical condition and this is why they're on slippery ground and when the time comes they are doomed unless unless they find jesus mm -hmm. but the wicked they reap what they sow and their reward is doom it is death it is hell and we as believers, I mean, this is like the ultimate punishment. And I feel bad for them, right? And this is why we're called to bring the good news to people. And, um, but it, that's horrible. It's horrible. That, but, but that's the truth. That's the truth. That's where they're going. They're, they're doomed. And we as believers, we shouldn't look at them and say, I want to be these people. 
Why? Why would you want this? Uh, I mean, for what good is it to gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Wow. I think that was a very powerful scripture. I might have to keep that in my bank right there. But that's very true. The things we might be jealous about of like someone might living insecurity or someone might living the high life and everything. At the end of the day, you have to ask, is it stable? And that's what it's trying to say. They're on slippery ground. The things that they are resting in, it's on slippery ground because if that was all taken away, they're falling. Yeah. But for us, you know, yeah, we might be going through problems and we might be having all these things, but at least we have God with us to deal with those things where no matter what, we still overcome it all. That was a very good scripture. I'm and glad you brought that up. That is the greatest thing anyone could ever have, by the way. It's, the, the, it's greater than all the money, all the cars, all the houses, all the attractive partner, women, or if you're a woman listening to this attractive man, that these people have. It's, the, the greatest gift is eternal life in Christ, and we as believers have this. That is the greatest gift we can have. Why should we be jealous over these people who are heading towards destruction? Why? I think because we we don't focus that far. We're trying to, we just, everything, people here want to live a comfortable life here too on earth. And God provides that. The Bible says that God, you know, God is not going to say, you know, here, live on planet earth just to suffer. There are things that God wants on earth that for us as his children to enjoy and everything. But I think it becomes dangerous ground where we compare, like you said, we, we compare our lives to unbelievers. We, we lose focus of the big picture. Exactly. We lose big focus of the big picture. And go ahead. And so what helped me overcome, uh, overcome this issue is you have to humble yourself. Mm -hmm. you, first, you have to realize the big picture. You have to realize all this stuff means absolutely nothing because they're losing their soul. And then the second thing is you've got to realize, well, what do I have? And, and it sounds cliche, but you start counting your blessings and, and you start having thanksgiving uh, and I, I want to just, for those of our listeners who are here in America and other places in the West where this is, you know, the, this caught up in this mindset of other people comparison, I want you to listen to this, okay? If you have electricity and if you have running clean water, these are blessings mm -hmm. because many billions in the world do not have this. If you have food that does not cause disease, if you have a car, if you have a home that is heated or air conditioned... Many people do not have these things. Mm -hmm. And so when I realized this, I'm like, I have all these things. I'm incredibly blessed. Mm -hmm. How can I then stand before God and say, you're not doing enough for me. I want this, that, and the other thing. And it was like a, it was a paradigm switch. In the thinking. <laughs> and it, it was like, you have really given me all these blessings. Like my life could have been so much harder, mm -hmm. but you put me here and you gave me all these things, and I did not deserve them because I sinned. I committed crimes against you, and yet you blessed me anyway. You've provided. And that just made me think, my goodness, like, I can't be jealous mm -hmm. like this. This isn't right. I, yeah, I'm, I think we just need to focus more at the, I think we need to focus more about the end of the day perspective. Yes. Like, you know, at the end of the day, when I pass away, all those things of, the likes I get on Instagram or Facebook for being on that vacation or even going on the vacation and having all these fancy cars, I can't take that with me to the next world. Oh. When I pass away, it's just going to get passed on to the next person who wants it. So I can't take those things with me. We have a much more, like I brought up, like I said, God is called Abba, the source. He's the source of everything that we need in life. And so if we have him. We can't be jealous of anyone else if they have something else because you know what? You might have a little bit of it, you might have um, partial things, but I have, the, I have the maker, the one who owns it all with me, and he's on my side. And he's going to provide everything that I need. Yeah. So I'm and, never going to go in lack. And, and to close on this, we live for him. We mm -hmm. don't live for the world. And in Hebrews 11:6, Scripture tells us he rewards those who seek him. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, and, and, and I just hope our listening audience really enjoyed listening to talking about jealousy because th Thanksgiving's coming up and you can't really be thankful for anything if you got a spirit of jealousy on you. No, it's very, no, it's, it's almost impossible. It is. I want you to go back to the, the top because I really like the psalm that you read in the beginning and I just want to read it again. In closing, before we do our closeout, Alex already read it, but 
he has shown me actually so many new scriptures today that I'm going to have to go back and just meditate on. But this one I really liked, um, the one from Psalms 45, 145. 145, 15 through 16. And it says, the eyes of all look to you and you give their food in due season. God, God knows what you need and at the right time that you need it. So he will provide the things you need. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. And when I, when I read that before we started recording, I thought about um, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. Why does he do that? Because he's responsible, because he's the maker of everything. So he's right. He loves us too. And he loves us. Yeah. So he is responsible to take care of us. He created you. Just as a parent is responsible for their child, God is responsible for you. So I don't need to be jealous or feel as though I'm lacking anything because God will give me the things I need for my life. Amen. So this is a really good episode. Um, if, I hope everybody else enjoyed it. Um, I hope our listening audience enjoyed listening to this episode of the Paradigm Switch. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Like, follow, share. Share with a friend. Share with everybody that you know. Um, let's get more people involved in listening and let us know what topics you want to hear. Um, if you follow us on social media, you can send us a message and we'll respond to it. And so for our next episode... Because this, uh, this goes in veins of what people have asked us to do. Um, so... The election was on Tuesday. Okay, yeah. And I know that this has caused a lot of angst among believers. And so we're going to talk about this uh, specifically to our American audience. And we're going to talk about how do we respond as believers to this in the right way. Yeah, the 2020 elections, I mean, obviously I wasn't around for other elections. So this is the biggest election I have seen so far. And just 2020 yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, it, it's It's been a long year, and now, uh, you know, we'll cap this one off here. And I hope this is it. We still have a couple months to go. <laughs> yeah, 2020 has been a very um, exciting or, um, what's their, active. Active year. A very yeah, active yeah, year. Sure. So we've, we've gotten some feedback that people want to know how should they feel about the elections or what should they do. Uh, how should they respond as a Christian to these elections that have happened? So now that they are over, we're going to respond to it. Yeah, so stay tuned next week. So, all right, next Thursday, a new episode will drop. <laughs>